Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, what's happening out there in internet land? It's Brian House here for Housework, and today we are in the studio. I've got two of my favorite creators, and as always, my uh, co-host, Trent. Say what's up, Trent. Howdy. Uh, in the studio today, uh, Dustin and Devin from The Art of Craftsmanship. And if you don't know who they are, they're, they're YouTubers. They've, they've created um, kind of this really killer world in their basement workshop where they make things and do things. And they're some of my favorite creators. In fact, I would have to say that they are my favorite channel oh, uh, as man. of right now on YouTube. So, uh, Dustin and Devin, uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure, yeah. So my name is Dustin O'Hara, and uh, I am the co-creator of The Art of Craftsmanship he's, on YouTube. He's, he's a talent. <laughs> You're the, I'm the one who everybody sees me in front of the camera, and then Devin makes me sound and look really good and make everything <laughs> I, that I do look really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name's uh, Devin O'Hara, and that's I'm his brother, and that's what I do. I do that side of it. What I, I I actually didn't know Devin existed for a while. You know, I watched <laughs> the channel, and I'm I'm like, oh... I always thought like maybe you had one of your kids like doing some work with you or something. I wasn't really sure. Not, not, no offense, Devin. It wasn't that. It was just like, oh, who's got the camera all the time? And he's got these great shots and, he, and he's doing all this stuff. And then later down the road, um, Devin kind of makes like a, a couple of small cam, a cameo, uh, what do they call that? A, yeah. a cameo in the show. Yeah, right. And then, and then yeah. we get the chance to learn a little bit about you and on the live streams, by the way. So. I sneak um, in. I sneak in when either Dustin needs a new beer in the live streams, or he needs, <laughs> or he, or he needs to clean his shop. <laughs> right, oh, and right we need on. to do a time lapse. I'm we'll just going to stand behind the camera, put and watch the camera him clean. on the tripod, and help me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it works out great. I, that's actually one of the questions on my on my sheet here. Is that um, 
your brothers and you seem like you have a really good relationship. And so I was kind of wanting to talk a little bit about, um, you know, a lot of the people that follow me, especially on the podcast, they're, they're sort of interested in the content creation side of things. I get a lot of emails about that because we, I mm-hmm. love talking about it. I love talking about um, the career path of content creation. And you guys have um, really sort of created, in my mind, like when I watch your channel, there's a fluidity to everything you do, mm. which is really tough to get, I think, for mm. a lot of people who are trying this path. Mm. And, um, you know, you put a lot of care in what you do. And, you you know, I've said that to, to you guys, you know, directly about how much mm. care I think you put into everything and it really shows. So what's that relationship like between you guys and, and how does that work? Well, um, so we we actually have two other brothers. There are four of us oh, in no total, kidding. and There's four. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and as much as you would assume, like four brothers would fight and everything, as we did growing up, we did. Yeah. But but I think you know we there was always a, a really tight relationship, and I think we get that from our you know our dad who always you know and our mom that was always like your brothers are your best friends. You know they're gonna be they're gonna have your back for mm-hmm. you. They're always gonna be there for you, and you know like it or not, you're always gonna be with them because you have to. <laughs> if you want to go somewhere, you got to take your brothers with yeah, you. Yeah, you've no they, choice. They, uh, more yeah. specifically, had to take me because I'm right. the youngest. Oh, you're the youngest. <laughs> so, Where do you fall in the in the age group dustin so i'm i'm third i have my my two older brothers the three of us are just about a year at you know a year and a bit apart so it's one two three and then there's about four and a half years uh between myself and devin okay so (laughs) we have a little bit a little bit more spread out there but yeah it was always you know we are always together um we always you know did stuff together and then uh once um I guess really once I moved back to Baltimore after grad school, uh, Devin moved in with us at the time because uh, it was just cheaper to get an apartment. It was my wife and I and our daughter who was just over maybe a year and a half or two years old at the time. It was cheaper to get a three-bedroom apartment than it was to get a two-bedroom apartment. Right. So and Devin was looking for a new place because my older brother had gotten married and kicked him out of their house. So <laughs> <laughs> we're like, all right, what do you want? So it was kind of like a built-in babysitter um, here and there. And then, uh, and you know, and we just, we started like, you know, just being together a lot more often. And, and we just have really similar personalities and, you know, like the same things and, you know, get along really well. Right. And, and as, as as for the flow of it, that that's uh, or the, the for the flow of the episodes, it's you know that's just nice having two people. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I focus I focus on that, and Dustin focuses on making the thing, and and right. you know since I'm focusing on that, and I'm the editor also, I focus on the editing. So I you know you're just kind of working it out in your head, like like I guess most content creators do. But you know you have to work out the editing in your head, and then you also are thinking about actually making the thing. Right. See, on my end, I'm like Superman. I do everything. You know, I'm like, I I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do it, make it, film it, and all that. But I got, I gotta tell you, it when it becomes very stressful and hard, and it's. I would love to have the situation you guys have going on, and um, so, uh, Devin, I wanted to know. Do you, what's your experience in production and, you know, is this something you do on, were you doing it some, in some other fashion, like for work or is this just like you're a talent and you, are you just, tell me about that because I, I'm, I, I can, I worked in television for a long time so oh, cool. I, I recognize the, the quality of the stuff you're doing so it, it's really good. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's, um, went to film school in New York, there did we that. Go. 
and then I came back to Baltimore and then went back to New York and did some uh, production work for some you know production companies and crane companies and camera work but then I kind of had the opportunity to go back and start doing sport production for the Orioles the Baltimore Orioles ah. baseball team and that was kind of too good to give up so I started doing that and that was um, in-house production so stuff started doing camera for that uh, for the big screen so you start out on, on camera doing like kiss cam and all that and, and watching heroes run around the bases hopefully and that type of stuff um, and then got into the editing side and doing the highlights and the replays for them and then from there uh, you know NFL and, and a couple other things but th- yeah, that's kind of that's my background on that well it shows I mean it <clears throat> you're you're really um, you've got a, a You've got a good eye for everything you're doing. And also, I wanted to bring up uh, the thumbnails that you're producing yeah. and putting mm-hmm. out there, which in content creation, a lot of people second. It's like a second thought. You know, they, they, they don't really put a, a lot of thought into their thumbnails, and you guys do. Specifically, yeah, the last yeah. thumbnail that you created with uh, <laughs> Dustin's face all lit up. And um, I'm like, that's really great. That's really it, it, you th- you put a lot of thought into it. And I think that that's a big um, contributor to your success. And I and I just want you to know that from me, I absolutely 100 percent love your work. And I think you guys are great. So I'm done stroking you now. So I, <laughs> now I'm going to bust your chops a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Right. Hey, but, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, Trent. What's up? Well, as a newbie, since uh, I'm trying to get into this, what 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 is your workflow as far as like, you know, figuring out how you're gonna like I can kind of understand some of the editing stuff, but like figuring out right. where you want to add, you know, like soundtrack or like mm. how how are you doing your thumbnails? You know, is it like Photoshop? Is it something else? Just sorry, kind of more of an inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let Devin answer that because Devin does, um, I do all the making and then Devin does the editing and filming and then he'll, you know, we work together to take, to get all the pictures and everything done and then he does all that as well. So So Dustin, do you come up with the idea of whatever the project's going to be and then... Or do you yeah, most collaborate? yeah most of the time. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the ones. I mean, I have you know a list of uh, different things I want to make and do, and and then I have another list that's just the stuff that I'll do on the side on my own. <laughs> but you know, but the stuff that I I think will make an interesting video, and then you know, and then all the time. I mean, in the last couple of years we've been doing it, there have been lots of videos that Devin has suggested. Yeah, I, I'm going to take credit for the him making a bow. Yeah, because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're making knives and we're making axes, and that's cool, and we love it, and they've done well, but you know how to make a bow and a lot of people who know how to make mods and knives and things they don't know how to make a bow mm-hmm. so we have to do a video of you showing off that talent and also you know that opens your yourself up hopefully to a different audience some type of you yeah. know hunting or outdoor different different and folks yeah real quick on that i mean Devin and i had taken a bow making class together um a few years ago but i had you know kind of run with it and really gotten into it and i had thought all along it'd be a good idea to make a bow video but it uh, takes a long time, a long time. And that was probably, uh, you know, Trent, you asked a little bit about flow and what we do. You know, we, we, we just kind of text back and forth throughout the week. And we're like, okay, what days you have free? You know, what time can I come over? Mostly we shoot in the evenings. Um, and then, you know, most of the time when we're not filming, I'm not working on stuff because there's not, you know, it's the amount of each step isn't, doesn't need, like I don't need extra time, but on the bow video, I mean, I spent a, enough as much time off camera working on that than All I right. did on camera. <laughs> and um, the technical side of the flow, you know, it's 
since I'm shooting, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of how I'm going to edit it, trying not to do jump cuts, trying to get inserts, trying to get your bases covered. So if something happens, I make a mistake or Dustin makes a mistake, we have an insert of something interesting. And also trying to get close up to things that you can't normally get close up to. Right? So if he's mm-hmm. if he's grinding something and I want to see exact exactly how he's doing it, I can lean in real close and hopefully because I have the camera in front of my face and my, my eye gear and stuff, I can get right up on it. So and then after we do that, and I, I use Premiere for everything else. So it's um I, I hopefully if I'm doing it right, I edit along the way in between shooting days. So I don't have to edit it all at once and take, you know, 10 days, um, edit it all. And then, uh, another good thing with having shooting, we, we use a Nikon 3400. So just a pretty cheap DSLR, but those are perfect for your, uh, thumbnails after you're done shooting. And so we, we usually finish whatever, you know, when we finish a video and we're usually happy by then. Because it's been like a week of shooting. Because you're done. Uh, yeah, you're we're done, and there. it's there, and we're looking, and we're holding it. Oh, this is great. Blah, blah, blah. And then we then we just walk around, and and then Dustin becomes the grip and and, and the DP. He's yeah. holding the lamp, and you know, and I'm yeah. I'm circling around trying to find a good holding the balance board, holding uh, the lamp, getting different <laughs> angles, and um, <laughs> or if I'm you know like the one we just did with the the sign, you know, I'm in front of it, I'm I'm striking all the poses, smiling. <laughs> Devin's just like, all right, try this, try this, try this. And that would, a kind of a, a inside joke between us is he'll be, you know we'd be like, all right. You know, now we're getting somewhere after we take, you know, 40, 50 pictures. Like, all right, now we're getting somewhere. Now, right. you, now we're getting to something that might work. Right. How, yeah. how, can you, how, how can you make this knife look more interesting? Right. All of our other knife videos or this axe or, you know, it, but yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I think a lot of people don't understand the, the amount of time it goes into and changing the angle of the camera just slightly mm-hmm. for thumbnail makes an enormous difference mm-hmm. in the, truth. the click-through rate. And, you know, I don't know if you guys are like, st- uh, you're looking at your statistics at all. Cause I do a oh, lot. Yeah. And I, yeah, I look at like impressions versus click-through rate versus, you know, retention time. And like, you know what you say one wrong thing and then, you know, um, your audience falls off. And right there's all these like little metrics and things that you, you learn along the way. Mm. And uh, I'll give you a good example. I have a video right now that's sort of trending. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's getting like a thousand views a day or maybe more. Mm. And it's, um, it's a grinder build video and it was an afterthought. It was me just basically editing together all of my time lapses and then narrating what I'm doing over it. Kind of like what you guys do, but like this is more of a time lapse thing. And, um, I made the video, I put a pretty decent thumbnail up. My wife took the photo, she does a great job with that. And I put the text right across the middle of the of the uh, thumbnail. And, uh, and I thought, ah, you know what, I'm gonna drop it down because it kind of blocks the view of the grinder. Well, then I started doing some A-B testing. So I left that, that thumbnail like that uh, with the text near the bottom of the, of the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And I left it for, say, like, I don't know, a couple months. And then you can see, like, an average click-through rate on it was about 4 5%, something like that. It wasn't very good. So I thought, oh, all right, well, I want to I wanna change it. So I, I went with the, the one in the middle and put it over the grinder. So you kind of had to watch the video to see what I was doing. Right. or what I was making and my click through rate dropped by 2% by doing that. Oh man. <laughs> and yeah, it was the, like like super clear the reason uh. it dropped by 2% was that thumbnail. It was the day I changed it, you know. Right, right, right. 
So I changed it back and bang, there it goes again. And then YouTube started suggesting it and uh, and now it's like a thousand to two thousand views a day and it's you know just under a hundred thousand views now. And it's like uh, you know, something so minor like where you put the text over yeah. whatever it is that, you know, because if you think about it, it's like Netflix. Uh, you know, how do you pick what you want to watch? You're scrolling through a bunch of thumbnails. It's the same thing on YouTube. There's so much content out there. Unless you've built trust with that audience, uh, which I believe you guys are doing now, mm-hmm. um, it's it's really hard to get people to click on things and get them to click through. So those thumbnails are super important. And just so we're, I'm gonna just timestamp this right now. At the at the moment of recording this, you guys are at seventy eight thousand eight hundred subscribers. And um, the the making a bushcraft axe, which is your most popular video at the moment, it was done a year ago just a smidge under a million views. I mean, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. That's well, got to feel amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we're, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to get our first million. But it's... Uh, it is nice, Devin, just so you know. It's so weird, though. It's so random, and I'm sure you know this, too. You know, we'll do a video. We'll do, you know, our, like our first knife video. did great. You know, it's still doing great. still has lots of views a day. And then we have another, you know, we'll do another knife video, and it'll do great. Or we'll do, you know, a bushcraft axe video or something like that, and it does great. And then you do the same thing again, and it's like... The flow's been turned off. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's so it's so. And then weird. you make it's, a fire pit, and yeah, you get exactly three hundred thousand right. views in, in yeah. less than three weeks. I mean, yeah, we were averaging so something weird. like thirty five thousand views a day on that yeah, for a couple oh, days, which is crazy. Which Amazing. was that yeah. was kind of that was an afterthought video, yeah. not kind of, but it was like Dustin had a project that's not normally something we do. Right. It was like, hey, I'm thinking about getting an oil drum, making a fire pit, and I think we both, yeah, we, I guess we'll, I guess we'll shoot it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you were always looking for content. Yeah, so that, sure. was, that was a quick turnaround, too, because it was like, I, you know, my, my current or my existing fire pit had, like, rusted out the bottom. I was like, yeah. oh, I guess I need a new, another fire pit. And I had the idea of making one of an, out of an oil drum for a while. And it was like, I called my dad, and he had one. I called, you know, texted Devin. I was like, all right, this is the next thing I want to do because I just need a fire pit. And so, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah we so stopped. We and we'll, okay, yeah. we'll start this one this week. Yeah. In my head, I see that as uh, you branching out into new things. But it's still very true to your channel. It's not like you just created a you know a one-off video that might be completely outside of your niche. Right. It it still fits. I mean, all of it's still the same, and you're working with your hands and you're creating. It's all in the same style. So it opened right. the door to a whole lot of new subscribers. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that probably wouldn't watch the knife making stuff, but they like the DIY stuff. Right. So yeah, and who doesn't like a fire pit? Oh, <laughs> and especially right before summer. I was going to say, yeah. do you think any of that's a seasonal aspect? Yeah, I think probably. Maybe some yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. I know we were trying to think. We were talking like, what is it? You know, is it is it that? Is it seasonal? Is it you know the audience? You know, there more females who are interested in something like that. You know, there's, there's all sorts of different like animals. Yeah, make their husbands make one for them, right. or make one themselves. But the thumbnails <laughs> right. killer. I mean, again, another killer thumbnail, you know, with that, that fire pit kind of looking like a monster, you know, open right. with a flame. And yeah. I mean, it's, 
Yeah, you guys are crushing it. And uh, I and just so there's like a frame of reference, I've known you guys for, you know, known, quote unquote, known you for, I don't know, a few months, you know, maybe four right. or five months. But when I met you, you had like 25,000 subscribers, you know, and right. your channel exploded. It just it just started chugging away. Can you talk a little bit about like the snowball effect, you know, like um, some some people think it's a myth, like, you know, um Right, you know, growth of a channel as far as yeah. subscribers go. Yeah, and I, um, yeah, the, I, you know, you, for one, you get the base. Even though the majority of our views are not from subscribers, which is pretty true for every YouTuber, it's always new, and that's why thumbnails are important. But you get a good base, and that's I think the importance of putting out quality constantly. So we we don't always have time to do one a week. We try to get out one a week, or if we can't, we do two a month. Um, so consistency, but mainly quality. So when you're lucky enough to get someone new to click on your video, they're not put off by the way it looks. They're not put off by the way it sounds. And hopefully they're not put off by the host. <laughs> yeah. They if they are, like then there's you. nothing we can do. Right. Dustin's like, very likable. He's like a mixture of Mr. Rogers and like uh, like the um, Bob Vila kind of. I don't know. There's like a whole bunch awesome. of like, yeah, like you're real educational, but it's like real down to earth at the same time. Yeah, and th- those are the best comments. The both best compliments. People are like, oh, you're like Bob Ross. So you're like, you're yeah. like this old house. I'm like, oh, those are great. Those are the, those are the shows I grew up on and I loved. And I still watch. I still pull them up on YouTube and watch them. Like these are awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. That is it is true because I, I you can sense that you're kind and that you actually care about what you're doing and mm. that you know some of these people I've watched on YouTube you can tell they're like burnout or they you know they're not like the nicest people in the world and right. maybe they're doing it to try to get a paycheck or maybe you know I'm not right. you know I'm speculating here but. Right. Uh, there's sincerity in what y'all do. And that and I think is where it comes from. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things I, that also I think helped with us is that when we started, uh, it was really just as like a hobby. Like Devin was like, why don't we try to start a YouTube channel? Like that would be cool. You know, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there who are doing really well. They have lots of people viewing them and they have the worst production value and people are still watching. So why don't we try to do something different? And you know, uh, he's like, you're always making, making things, you know, you're always in your basement doing stuff. So why don't I just come over and start hanging out and start filming it and we start putting it up and see how it does. And I think this was Devin's idea. It was. Yeah. I think the fact, the fact that we didn't really go into it with the mindset of like, let's see how much money we can make it was more sure. just like let's let's do this and let's try to stay true to what our first goals are and like the way we want it to look and the way we want it to feel and uh and see how it goes you know and and because of that it actually started to grow you know pretty quickly and you know in the beginning we're like, holy holy cow you know we've got we've got 700 views on this video that's insane you know 700 people decided to take their time out and watch our video you know and then and it grows and it grows and you know i mean i think it's it's um it just grows over time and the more the more it grows the faster it goes which is just exciting and overwhelming sometimes and again you know i think it's just trying to stay true to what our goal was in the beginning and keep putting out the same type of content and the quality that people want to watch and then want to come back and watch again yeah and just uh to uh 
with Brian, you, your stuff is very clean and very good, and that's immediately what I saw. Sorry, that was my air, my, my <laughs> nice. air compressor. But your sound is terrible. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh Many my god! This is you're giving me a compliment too. Stupid well, no, thing. that's it. It's done then. Now we oh, can move geez. on. No compliments. I missed it. I missed it. Sixty no, but, gallon air compressor. But yeah, right away you see it. Like oh, uh, there's there's quality. There's yeah. you're you're obviously putting in the time. You obviously love what you're doing. Um, you have your sons pop in. Everything. Yeah. It doesn't look like BS. Mm-hmm. You're not putting on. Uh, an act it's just what you love to do and that's what we all love to watch so any anytime anyone's thinking of what should i do you just find your favorite channels you don't have to copy them but just get their vibe and then maybe uh maybe take a day maybe take a day in youtube uh production and camera angles and framing and a couple rules and that will go that you'll go so far with that. It, it, it's not rocket science. There's a couple That's tricks, advice, just like every, yeah. just like every uh, every every uh, project you're working on. Man, and you got to start somewhere. Now you guys right. are making me feel like uh, completely inadequate. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, I'll do it. No, yeah, I mean that's you know again, like Devin said, you know, just like it's it's not rocket science. You know, if you think about a few things and stick with it, mm-hmm. you know, like you know just be consistent with camera angles and, and show people what they want to see that's that's one of the things that that bothers me the most when i'm watching something i'm i'm using what usually watching youtube to learn something i want to i want to learn a new skill so i'll you know find find a video on youtube and watch it and if i can't see what they're doing it, that's that's killer it just mm. turns me right off you know i'm like yep. they, they just set up the camera and they're doing something real close up and that's i think and that's one of the things that i don't i don't tell Devin how to shoot like he's got the same maker mindset he knows what he wants to see he knows what people want to see and to and as him there as a student watching me doing something him he might zoom in on something because you know it makes sense he wants to see it close up because he wants to see how it's done and so he'll zoom in and that i think that really uh that helps a lot some Man, of my favorite shots are like the shots when he He's, you're say you're working on something you're usually grinding or you're doing something with your hands and then Devin you'll pan up and you'll just show Dustin's face you know mm. like like the, the concentration you know the look on his face and it feels like a TV moment you know it feels like I'm, I'm getting a chance to kind of be there and I'm in your workshop right. I'm enjoying that time with you and learning from you at the same time it, it really conveys well the you know the style that you're shooting so yeah we wanted to shoot like that was the thing i was like the way you talk to me dustin when i'm in the shop is the way you should talk to everybody because mm-hmm. I, I i'm not i mean I'm, i've made some things i've made a knife and a bow and then dustin's gone off and made a hundred of each right mm-hmm. so but sure. so when he tells me something he's not you're not talking down to me but you're also giving me all your tips right and i'm right there and i just wanted to you know you want to be like right right on his shoulder Right that's over shoulder, that, looking yeah. and and um, just paying attention. That's something that uh, too I wanted to bring up was that uh, you get into the minutia at times, and um, I forget to do that when I'm making my videos because I just assume everybody knows what I know, and you know, mm. like oh, you know, I'm going to just grab my welder and pop a weld on this, and then I'm watching your sign video, right. and <laughs> Dustin's going. 
okay, I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong here. And it's very clear to me, you know, your, your, your right. ground wasn't good. You, you've got yeah. a little bit of corrosion on the blade. You got to clean that off. And I'm sitting there going, man, if I was there, I could just like show them. But then <laughs> right. the whole point of the video is that you're showing your failure a little bit and you're right. learning from that. And I'm learning from your failure. If I didn't know how to weld, I would, I would have learned a lot from that. Right. And, uh, I, I love that. I thought it was just fantastic. And it gave, uh, the opportunity for people to chime in and give you help, which in the comment section, it looks like a majority of your commenters are really respectful and they appreciate you. And by the way, they've reached out to me as well. So like a lot of people oh, who nice. resonate with your channel, I get emails all the time. Hey, I saw your, your grinder on Dustin's channel and it's really great, <laughs> and, you know. And um, I, you know, I love your channel and stuff. And so, um, I, we now share a lot of subscribers. So it's it's it was a, a really cool collaboration uh, that we were able to do with the grinder and all. Yeah, but, uh, and yeah, and that was super awesome. You reached out to us to see, you know, if that was something I wanted. You know, you were like, you ever think about, you know, getting a two by seven too? And I was like, well, of course, <laughs> every <day. laughs> all the time. <laughs> every time I use this one by thirty, I think how nice a two by seventy two would be. Uh, but you know, just the amount of money it takes, and as like doing this as a hobby you know and it's getting you know more and more it's speeding up and it's getting you know it's becoming more you know relevant into what we're doing every day and that's awesome but still you know it's it's a hobby so being able to you know spend 1200 1500 you know two grand yeah, or something that's, on that's a lot for a single tool for one tool and, and you right. have a significant axe budget that you have to maintain yeah, as well of course <laughs> <laughs> well he can go well, to he's uh, got to come from somewhere find those find those right. for three dollars yeah, yeah yeah that's and then, true and then make his own handle and then you got one for uh, four bucks worth of materials. See, we don't have that in Florida. We, we don't have like, we can't just go to a yard sale. Like I get, um, when I go up to Pennsylvania and I visit family, I, I like to go to like the little antique shops and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't put an ax in my carry on. So I can't take a lot back, <laughs> but I ship stuff back. <laughs> but uh, um, I actually did get a pair of vintage scissors through TSA somehow. I, I nice. forgot they were in my um, bag, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I uh, last uh, October, we went up to uh, my cousin's wedding in Ottawa and on the way back through just before I hit customs, we stopped at a little antique place and I picked up an, a couple axes up there. And as I was coming back through, I'm like, should I claim this? Should I tell them bringing axes back? into the states and it didn't obviously didn't yeah. matter but <laughs> i was like mm, i got that same mindset you know <laughs> yeah yeah you think about that you're like wait a minute i'm crossing the border with a weapon or something right. along those lines. But yeah that's yeah. A, it doesn't, that's it doesn't cool. have a handle it's like a rock right now you yeah, can throw exactly. it at someone to do more damage <laughs> exactly yeah so uh trent is actually a um he's been a contributor to my YouTube channel for a long time. That's actually how we met. So like if um, anybody ever wonders, you know, Trent was kind of living underground for a little bit there in the world. And then, you know, he's watching my channel for like 10 years. And then, um, and then when I asked, I actually asked my audience if I could, you know, employ somebody to come on the show and he, right. and he jumped at it. And, um, awesome. and, and what I like about Trent's contributions is that he has knowledge on so many things and tons of great stories. And uh, he said to me, like, hey, I'm going to try my hand at this. I want to see if I can get out there. So he comes on the show in the first few episodes. I'm getting all of these emails like, 
how do I find Trent? Like I can't <laughs> find him on Instagram. I can't find him on YouTube. I'm like, he, he, he's literally a mole. He's under a rock. We, we don't know where. <laughs> and so Trent actually started an Instagram account and oh, uh, nice. you, I'll put the, the link to it down in the show notes so you can find him. But Trent, uh, tell us a little bit about your, um, your injection into the social media. World, <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, totally interested. In yeah, that. it was, it was uh, interesting. Almost all of my audience, uh, or my followers right now are, consist of uh, the Makery podcast people, guests we've had on, and friends and family. So, you know, that's how it starts. Huge numbers. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm up to 18 right now. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> the good people, though. 18 quality folks. Right. <laughs> that's what you're looking for. No, and that's the thing. I'm not, um, I'm not yeah. looking for like huge instant growth or whatever. I'm thankful for all the eyeballs that I've gotten. And I try to. I try to post a couple of times a day, uh, just kind of get in the hang of things. And, you know, if I've got some some photos or whatever that don't do too well, I let them sit for a little while. And then I've been kind of thin in the herd trying to get, you know, a little bit more engagement, like figure out what people like to see. And Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just continually putting stuff out. That's the way to go. And like I said before, you know, if you've got high quality, people will find it for yeah. sure. I think also the consistency. Like you're saying, you're putting a couple out, of, a couple, you know, pictures out a day. That's that's key. You know, keep doing a couple of pictures a day because you know that consistency is what really brings people around and just watching your stuff and get, starting to get involved and be be part of that community. I think it was. Uh, I don't know if I saw it on a YouTube video or an Instagram post or something, but Liam Hoffman, who's an ax maker in North Carolina. Um, he, uh, he talked about posting on Instagram and he used to do, you know, once a day, maybe once or twice, you know, a day off and on. And, uh, really like he said at one point he decided I'm going to do a post every hour mm. for the foreseeable future. So he basically just set an alarm on his phone and every hour he took a picture of what he was doing and posted it on Instagram and it took his business, which is what everything that he does, all of his social media is based around his business, building that ax business. So his business just went booming, went from selling, you know, two or three, four axes a week to 15, 20 within a week. Hmm. Maybe everyone was reaching back out to him. And I just, you know, I don't, I don't post that often on Instagram, but it made sense to like be consistent. It had the same, the same message that our channel we've kind of thought, you know, we need to stay consistent and put stuff out there. And then the, the, the people, the community will come, they'll start like, they'll start following you and they'll start being invested. And then, you know, and the rest of it follows that. I know. I, I wish we, I wish Dustin made something. <laughs> to cash in off of it i'm always like i think you need to make something even though it takes so much time to do what we do already yeah and all dustin's free time you know he's a family and other things he yeah. wants to do and uh i mean that's a great thing if you can uh if you got something to sell man that's that's the way to go yeah, yeah you really and i get this question a lot so people go is there any money in content creation and the answer up until now is is sort of i mean it right. you know until you really get uh recognized uh and um i would say you know in the hundred thousand plus subscribership you know ad right. revenue is really low um you know you're not going to generate a ton of revenue by people watching your ads but you can um you know i, I people always go oh i can't ask my audience for money and i'm like oh no you you have to you have right. to if you want to uh, have your 
if you want to continue doing this work, you have to be a little bit shameless. I mean, you don't spam your your audience, but you know, I have a Patreon, you have a Patreon, and it and yep. it helps. All that, all those dollars that go into everything you make, um, and all the time that you invest in all of that, it has the the money has to come from somewhere to do it. It's expensive. Right. Camera gear is expensive. Uh, you know, so. Um, there's a book out there uh, by um, I can't think of I can never remember her name but it's called The Art of Asking and I talk about this mm-hmm. a lot and it's uh, she was like a, she had a million followers on Twitter and she was like kind of a um, an artist she was a street performer and she had a band and she crowdsourced uh, a, a record you know using GoFundMe she got like a million dollars from her followers and uh, that was when you know asking your audience or your or your um asking your fan base for money was really frowned upon. You know, there was a lot of negativity coming out about that. But what she did was she went out and she interviewed and she talked to all these people who were donating money, you know, to her, to her work. And it's surprising the amount of people who want to contribute to your art, you know, your, your creation, because rather than spending that money on their Comcast bill to, to, to get, you know, a, a, an HBO package, they would much rather put it in your pocket and right. have you create something that they really truly resonate with. Right. So that's, that's how yeah. I've been approaching it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what Devin said to me at one point, you know, when we started out, it was like, you know, we don't really want to ask for money yet. And, you know, it, and obviously I would say probably right around the 30,000 subscribers is really when, more people started reaching out to us for sponsorships and things like that. And we haven't taken any of those yet. We've done a few little things here and there where people will send us something and we'll kind of try it out. But otherwise, you know, it was, you know, we're still trying to, I guess you kind of start out with this kind of purist mindset, but uh, one of Devin's good friends said to him, like, you know, people want to give you money. They want to help. So you got to give them a way to help. Cause if you don't, they're going to do it. They're going to put it somewhere else. That's right. That's and exactly and right. and if if they don't want to help, that's fine. There, the content is still there, still free. We're still making it. You know, we have we still have that. Like, you don't have to feel bad about asking people because you're just giving them an avenue to help you. If you want, if you want, if they want to help, they'll help. If they don't, that's fine too. So you know, that was that was. I was like, oh yeah, that's important. You know, that we should just open up something. That's when we started Patreon. It was like people want to give us money and they have it to give, and otherwise they're going to put it somewhere else. So you know, give, give them a way to give it to us if they want to. Yeah. I have people that just send me money through PayPal and, and Patreon and buy me a coffee and all that. And, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of the core, same core people, you know, I'll put out right. a piece of content and they'll see it and they'll go, dude, I want to, you know, here's 50 bucks. Like, you know, go, yeah. go do this, go do that. And, um, and it shows me that that's possible. So even at my subscribership now is just like under 21,000. It's like, uh, you know what what's that look like when you got a half a million to a million right. subscribers where you have you know let's just say one percent of them are are giving you enough money to do this now full time and do it as for a living because I know without my tech business there'd be no way that I'd be able to do this full time you right. know the way I'm doing it now it'd just be impossible yeah we uh you know we appreciate every dollar people give us because we know it's it's uh we don't take you giving us money lightly and uh you, you can get netflix for 14 bucks a month <laughs> and some people give us 20 bucks a month just for our few videos and uh that's amazing to me that someone would be willing to help that much for such uh, a, a little amount of content i mean we're putting out as much as we can but um 
Uh, we, it, it's great. I love it. it. It means the world to us. Yeah, that's that. That's that community that we're always. I mean, I always. I try to talk about it all the time. Like, I love to. I love people to comment. I love people to, you know, send me pictures of what they're making on Instagram, things like that. Because I love to be part of that community. I love to like reach out and talk to people and you know make it fun. Right. Dustin was always on on blogs and not blogs, but th- you know, like uh, what do you call them? Forums, pages, and pages. Like page, yeah, yeah forums, right. Forums, and, right, and he's yeah. always talking to people anyway on forums before we even started this. Hmm. So if people want to interact with us directly and email us and Instagram him, it's not just to get more people to tag us. It's because we want, we just, we like talking to everybody. Yeah, and so many people have so much more knowledge than we do, and we we just we love how quickly we can all we we can we can share. What I love about yeah. the maker, uh, not just audience, but the whole uh, kind of movement. Um, even though I think it's kind of a cheesy name, but I get it. Uh, but it's how friendly and genuinely nice uh, the community is. They they want to help each other out. They want to like support each other and like give each other kudos and and you know just some eyeballs so that that person knows that hey, what you're doing has some value. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things I think that social media is kind of driven that like you know everyone everyone feels like they need vindication from people around them and and sometimes that's hard too you know like I I could post about this or I could just not but really I mean you know being that that vindication is like you said it someone looking at it and being like oh that's cool I really like that and I think as humans we all we all want that I mean that's why we try to make each other laugh that's why we try to make things and show things and make art I'm an artist and I have my background is in fine art and painting and you know that's you got something bottled up inside you that you're trying to get out there and show to the world and like kind of build that conversation between you and other people. And I think that's, that's a great thing about YouTube. And like you said, you know, that, that the, the network and the community of makers, they are really open to giving out that information and letting other people kind of enjoy that same vibe. You know, it's different from like, I don't know if you have experience with that, Brian and TV, but to me, it seems like TV is more of like a cutthroat. Everyone's trying to like get that small piece of the pie, but the YouTube and the maker network is this huge pie. And there's so many pieces that I don't think people don't feel like other people are taken away from their piece. Right. Yeah. You don't have my time slot. It doesn't right. matter. People are going to watch yeah. it at 2 a.m. or 4 p.m. It doesn't yeah. matter anymore, and they can watch it whenever they want. So right, right after yep. they watch ours, they'll watch yours, or they'll watch Trent's, or you know, they'll go down the line and go down that rabbit hole. And, Show uh, business is cutthroat. And, for, yeah, and sure. I, I lived in L.A. for a bit, and uh, I could not handle it. I hated it. Mm, I disliked I the um, – just didn't fit in, let's just say that. And yeah. um, I had lots of opportunity. I could have climbed that ladder pretty good. And I just I just didn't fit. And, and um, so – and that was before YouTube existed. Mm. And I made my first YouTube video in 2008. And, um, and that was – I don't know. It, it just – it made me realize that there's something to this because I made a video about planting papaya trees mm, nice. and it got like 50,000 views in like a couple of months and and uh, YouTube was reaching out to me to monetize my stuff and I was like, wait a minute, people can make money doing this? Right. And um, it, it really, so what I love about YouTube and I love about content creation is I am the, the master of my own domain. I can pick and choose, right, what I do yep. and how I work and then um, I get to sort of create my own world and then, uh, and then it basically f- all the people that you resonate with, they'll find you, and you'll find them back. 
And so uh, we share all that commonality, and it makes me feel like I'm not as weird as my sister would like to everyone to know. You know, right, and yeah. it, it, she, she's always been the type that's looked at me and went like, "How are we from the same parents? Like, what is going on with you?" Uh, I love my sister, that's by the great. way, but uh, yeah, she's always uh, giving me shit about that. And I'm like, you know, I found my freaks. I found a bunch of people who like to work with their hands. I'm the guy that sits yeah. at Thanksgiving dinner and I'm telling all these stories about making stuff, doing things whatever and they're all looking at me sideways like oh you're i'm entertaining i'm super entertaining i'm an attention whore i right. love that stuff <laughs> yeah. but at the same yep. time people do not understand it they don't they don't want any like they can't really fully talk about it you know right and but i, I think can do it, that here yeah right. i think uh the 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 maker i guess yeah you can use that term but anybody building anything or creating anything uh it's just a lot of hard-working people and that i think that that immediately connects you to someone you're like oh cool you're a hard worker i get it yeah you don't you don't look at something and we actually talked about it um on our first podcast which we can talk about that oh, later. yeah i wanted to get brian into that, brian you helping us um yeah we talked about our a maker switch once you turn that on i, I don't think you can turn it off it's yep. like uh yeah it's once you see something and go I could probably make it. And then you do make it. Then from there on, you're looking at everything like that. Yeah. Like, Oh, I could maybe make that. I could maybe do that. And that, that inspiration comes from watching videos or, or seeing anyone else do it. And then, you see that I see other people like I'm at a, you know, a furniture store or something and I'm looking at a dude across the room and he's leaning under and he's looking underneath the table to see how to the see legs how held built. on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's my guy right there. That's another maker. He's looking at the same thing I'm looking at. Right. <laughs> Getting ideas. Yeah. Figuring it all out. Yeah. I, I look at stuff like that now, too. I also yeah. have to do a lot of math in my head because I'm like, oh, I could make that. It probably cost me like, you know, 100 bucks and right. parts or whatever. But I could just buy it, you know, for, yeah. say, 50, you know, yeah, yeah. mass produced. Well, and that's <laughs> right. That's actually one of those things that I struggle with because there's certain things I can't get. I can't get a quality thing, you know, tool or something right. for what my budget allows and so that kind of becomes one of those okay i'll i'll make this because i know working within my budget you know if i if i discount my time not saying my time is worthless but use my time more as i can work on this rather than trying to earn the money for that i can make a product the way i want versus there's a lot of other times where i'm like man by the time you know like i'd need this specialized piece of equipment to like do this to like the level that i want to do and it's like by the time i did that you know this 200 dollars chair is now a 1200 dollars chair and it's not really my passion making chairs so do i really want to go down right. that rabbit hole yeah that's, but you really that's do need key. a bridge port I mean, everybody needs a bridge port. You know? Oh man, I've been I've been eyeing them. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. I don't have the room though. That's the thing. It's like Adam Savage got one, and oh. I don't know if you saw that video where he like introduced it to the channel, but yeah. like he was just over the moon. He's so it. excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say uh, tested uh, yeah. that 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 was the light bulb for me to even come to Dustin about it because obviously I'm, uh, I love Adam Savage, love MythBusters, like a lot of people do. Sure. Um, his enthusiasm comes through in all the shows. And then I was like, oh, he's got like this YouTube channel. This is kind of cool. And then I sat down and watched a 45-minute video. I forget which first one-day build I watched of his. And I went, oh, this is great. You can do this. I don't. This is better than pretty much anything on TV I'm watching. 
Oh, yeah. I want to watch a bunch of these. I want to spend with no commercials. Like I don't have yeah. to sit through five minutes of BS. And then, then I was kind of thinking, like, maybe we could do that. And something similar to it, just long, uh, not a lot of parts if we can help it. Yeah. Just from beginning to end and uh, do a, a clean show. Lo- love Adam Savage. Love Tested. And I actually think that uh, when we did, Devin talks about not wanting to do parts. And that is one of those things that we thought about in the beginning, like we wanted to do full videos start to finish where, you know, you see the entire creation, no matter if it's going to take us two days to film it or five days, you know, we wanted to have it all, you know, and that that's when, you know, the difference between putting out a video every week and putting out a video every two weeks or once a month, you know, we want that full thing. And there's, you know, there's, there's great things about both ways, but it was something that we wanted. That was kind of like, we like, let's try to keep this. Right. And, and obviously there's bigger projects that you can't, I mean, you can't just work on one project or you, uh, Brian old school working on a boat. (laughs) So you can't, you can't take a year or eight months and then make one video and hope it does. Okay. Those are fine. But if you're making a a knife, let's just, uh, let's do it. Let's spend two weeks, make it. And then I'm conflicted about it though. Cause like if I watch Cody over at Wrangler star, that dude will stretch out a workbench mm-hmm. build into five or eight videos and I don't feel robbed of my time. Like I, right. you know, he's always got like that, you know, almost yeah. like that preacher aspect to him where he's like imparting, you know, or mm-hmm. telling a story about a hammer and, yeah. you know, that he's using. And it's like, I want that, but I'm not Cody and I can't do that. So right. I just still, I did sort of like blend in my time lapses and all, but yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I want to do that, but then I also feel like it doesn't really fit my style. So right. Maybe for the and bigger, I, bigger. I think project. that's the thing too with him. You know, it's, and I'm, I'm, I love Wrangler star. I've been watching Wrangler star for years. Um, and, and it's that it's, I, I like him and his, and the family and his, you know, that vlog I'm invested in him as a person. Right. So like you're saying, it doesn't matter what he puts up. It's just him. Right. We're hanging out. You get to see Jack and you get to see Mrs. W and you get to see sweet loaf, sweet loaf. And you know, right. He'll, he'll, he'll switch a tire out and that'll be a 10 minute video. Yeah. But he does. He, he imparts a lot of good, a lot of good little pieces, a lot of gems all the time and good camera angles and, you know, clean audio and all that stuff. We we are on the East coast though. Right. Yeah. East coast guys. <laughs> but yeah, that's, and I was thinking earlier. So we, um, we did the knife talk build along video series and that's like the first time that we did a part series. And I think that's, I know that I had, I had seen you kind of commenting and I'd been, you know, kind of seen your channel a few times, but that's really when I started really noticing you a lot more often because you were following along and putting some pictures on Instagram of like building stuff. And so I was really like watching that cause I wanted to see those, who, what people were following along and then shout those people out each week on the channel be like this, you know, these people are following along. It's awesome. I love seeing the pictures. And so then I think that's, that's really when you know you and I started kind of talking back and forth a little bit more often. And Those yeah. collaborations are so important, by the way. Right. We, I was talking yeah. with uh, Ken Sierra, and he was on the show like a few episodes back. And uh, just a 15-year-old knife maker kid, he's in um, Canada, and he reached out to me and said, I want to come on the show. And now he's getting shout-outs by Jeff Fader. And, awesome. and I mean, I mean, yeah. he got plugged in, and, you know, it, it was just because he asked. You know, he yeah. reached out. Yeah, and yeah. if you don't do that, if you don't reach out to those people, I'm, I'm always amazed at who responds to me, by the way, you know, right. like Jimmy Duresta. Yeah. Like, why is he talking to me? I don't know. You know, it's just, yeah. it's really cool that, that he'll take a minute and just respond to me. 
you know so i, I find yeah. that fascinating that's the, the best part about this yeah. like they're my heroes and, and yeah. you know i'm watching them on on youtube and i'm infatuated with the work that they're doing but i'm also infatuated by them and their yeah. their life and what you know i mean like you said i'm invested yeah and yeah, uh to, to just get a little response from somebody means a ton so then yeah. i put myself in the same shoes even though like some days it feels i heard um uh, Benjamin Neruda say this. He said, um, responding to comments on YouTube is like homework. Like, you know, because, <laughs> but, but think about how fortunate we are to have all those comments and yeah. all the people who are, you know, because it takes them time to, to watch our videos and, and participate with us and then take the time to actually write something in, you know, so, um, it's, you yeah. know, it's it's. How do you guys handle that, like communication wise? Do you go down through the list yeah. and just knock them out, or what? Yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> I do most of the responding. Um, if it's a question like that, that Devin knows the answer to, um, or if it's like a common thing, or if it's something like, or specifically if someone's like commenting about the production value, which we get a lot of comments on, so we knew right away that that was something that or, was really, or they're just being people. kind. Yeah. I, I can obviously respond to it. Right. Like, hey, thanks so much. Thanks for watching. But, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but Devin, but, Devin works enough behind the scenes with all the editing and all the, you know, all that stuff that I usually try to take all that. And a lot of times Devin, he'll, he'll like text me and be like, Hey, did you respond to this guy yet? He put a really cool comment. Like <laughs> you need to, you need to respond to these people because it really does. I mean, you know, we, we all want to respond and defend ourselves to the trolls because that hurts you know that that one like mean comment like jimmy duresta would say in the baby voice you know like yeah that's gonna get rusty why would you put that out there it's not a true restoration <laughs> you know like those those are the ones that hurt and they stick with us and all the like oh this is great good job you know they just kind of fly by you, you see it but but it really does make a difference when you take that time and just say like thank you or even just like if nothing else i try to go through and i thumbs up as many people as I can, you know, just to say like, you know, we've I, seen you, yeah. we acknowledge it, we appreciate it. But then like, if somebody has a question, I try to answer the questions. If it's the same question, like, isn't that handle going to burn their hand on the fire pit <laughs> that I've gotten probably 150 times, you know, <laughs> eventually. I'm so like, <laughs> is it going to burn their hand, Dustin? <laughs> you don't put a lid on a fire pit, folks. That's right. just for the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I built the lid because all fire pits have a lid, you know, when, when it's not burning or when it's burning down, you put the lid on, right? Yes, right. <laughs> all, they all have it. They all have metal handles because a wooden handle is going to burn <laughs> if, if you touch a fire pit as it's, it's burning it's gonna your burn. hand's going to burn no matter at which oh. no matter where you put the handle right don't touch oh. a fire pit when it's oh burning so after after about 40 or 50 of those comments i went back into the description and i added in a paragraph about that specifically <laughs> like and then from now on out i just write see description <laughs> oh that, yeah that's a good way see, to do it yeah, yeah i mean uh, yeah see what's uh interesting is you know you you all are creators and i came at this from the audience side and now i'm trying to become a creator but yeah. i can tell you personally um because i follow a lot of people and there's uh some people with some huge audiences that I, this this sounds kind of weird but um, I, I do appreciate the validation when they talk to me or comment back yeah. or give me a thumbs up or whatever but it's more um, you know you, you would never unless you lived like in LA or, or you caught them on vacation or something you would never be able to meet and talk to 
and maybe even have just a, a short interchange with someone you see on TV or in the movies or yeah, something like that. So just the ability to know like, hey, they actually are like a real human being. They're not just uh, a personality. They're not just a role, you know, but they've got they've got a real life. You know, I understand when you've got 75,000 subscribers and you're putting out two videos a month that take you a month of shooting and editing. And then you've also got jobs and you've got your family. You know, it's like I'm kind of amazed that you guys can take the time out of your day to do those those small gestures that have an impact on your audience members right yeah that's part of the creation process if you do not do that you are not going to grow as a content creator it it, just like in any business it is all about relationships so if you don't build those relationships even like the collaborational relationships that we are having amongst us as creators it's just as important if not more so to have that same relationship with the people who are supporting you. Yeah. Right. I feel like if you comment to uh, anybody uh, who comments to you, you're going to get a person who's going to be with you for all your videos. Yeah. They're a lot more invested. Yeah. Yeah, Right. They're like, Oh, now, now it was a personal touch that, you know, I mean, that's the thing is Ryan and I have talked about this a little bit, you know, we're, we're, we're really connected through social media and stuff, but I think we're, I think we're actually really disconnected like as a as a community or as a species we're just yes you know and so when you get those those genuine uh moments of like um yeah that real connection. yeah a real connection that 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 kind of makes you feel a little more human again like you know i've got we got a little more faith in the the human species yeah i started giving my <laughs> cell phone number out and I just started putting it yeah. on my on my vlogs and stuff just to see what would happen. And <laughs> that's, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. And uh, I agree. But uh, here's you want to know what's something super interesting is that I've gotten probably maybe ten phone calls on it, like mm. just you know people calling me uh, through that, and then and and some text messages you know and but mm-hmm. they were all super respectful and yeah. i met some killer people like dude called me from hawaii gave me the coronavirus update you know like <laughs> and, and and it was yeah. just it was like an experiment and then like dave um from evader knives he he like yeah. messaged me privately he's like you are insane you should <laughs> never do that do not get out, give out yourself on a, yeah, when i, pop, I saw that pop up we're like oh but yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah and uh and and but i was like you know what it's kind of a grand experiment to see yeah. what would happen because the reality is is somebody bugs you or whatever you can just block them you know right. like with right. a with yeah. a the, it's not like in the old days where you like you know you had this old rotary phone that would just ring ring <laughs> ring you can you can live literally Ooh, just block fun. somebody yeah oh god I, we just watched that episode the other day oh my god um but um i love seinfeld but anyway um just um just so that we can plug your podcast which is coming out very soon i would yeah. like you to just tell us a little bit about that is it i would assume it's called the art of craftsmanship 
It is. Yep. It's called the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast, um, where you know we're we're basically doing you know talking like we're talking here. We talk about videos. Um, we'll probably focus on you know one of our videos that we've done. Talk a little bit about it. Go in a little bit more in depth. Talk about like the things that you know were giving us trouble and the tips that we kind of found along the way, and then um, also you know kind of answer some of those questions that a lot of people have. Um, and then just talk. You know, we'll do we'll do different. We're going to have different guests on, and you know, chat with some people and you know bring artists and bring musicians and makers and you know all those people like and that's you know the reason why we named the channel the art of craftsmanship is because i am an artist you know i a fine artist as a painter and then you know as a maker and i don't really see in from myself i don't see a definition between those two things everything i'm doing is always about a level of craftsmanship that i want it to you know come out at the end with a certain level of craftsmanship whether that's you know how i'm mixing my paint and how i'm taking care of my paint tubes and my you know how i'm stretching a canvas or if that's you know how i'm you know getting an, an axe to fit onto a handle really cleanly and perfectly that way it doesn't come loose in you know a month right and the face value of it is there is art i mean there's art in a lot of different things you do Right. But there's definitely art and craftsmanship for sure. Yeah. And so, so that's kind of what we're working on on the, on the podcast. And, and after also chatting with you a little bit, really knowing that, you know, working toward this building that community and, and kind of getting to talk to some of those people that we wouldn't normally get to talk to. Same thing, like you said, you know, reach out to somebody right. um, through a comment on YouTube. You kind of, you might get a comment back, but then if you actually get to chat with them, you know, it's it's not going to kill someone to be on your podcast for an hour and then I get to talk to somebody who I might not ever otherwise get ever a chance to talk to or like, you know, I'm not going to invite them into my shop in Maryland to come and hang out and yeah, we for a weekend. We can't have a YouTube guest. I mean, you could. Right. I mean, you'd be better off doing a collab like we've done, but you can't have someone in and chat with him for hours right. and have him make help dust him with a knife. It doesn't really work. Right. But this software makes it possible. Like, yeah. we're basically yeah. sitting at the same table right now, you know, yeah. in my head. I can. Also, I just wanted to let you know, I love talking about myself. So if you ever want a guest on your show, if you're looking Absolutely. for content, you know, yeah. bring bring me on. I'll, I'll jib-jab with you guys. Right. For sure. And it's uh, with the podcast um, – there's uh, we're going to do quotes each week to get our, our brain going and the one this one was about what 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 are you trying to do and what are you pretending you're trying to do like right. the this this week it was the pipes of an organ you get all the beautiful ones up front but the whole church is filled all the way to the back so the most of the organ is all around you so what what pretty stuff do you put up front right and so we're thinking what why why do we want a podcast and it's mainly again the community because we're going to be able to talk to a lot of people we wouldn't be able to talk to. And hopefully that's interesting for people. And then also if we pick a subject like the bow or a file knife or modding your hatchet or making a bone handle knife, we also have the reference, the video reference already on YouTube that right. they can watch and uh, kind of know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, some of those hidden pipes. You know, there are other things too, right? It's the community up front and we like that maker network, but we also, you know, we make those connections and build this business and build this, what we're trying to do. And, you know, there is the money behind it and there is the drive to like get better and have more followers and more subscribers. That's all there too, you know, and that's, you know, we would be remiss if we said that that's not something we were interested in because we right. are, you know, it is part of what it's, 
what it's all about but and that like having that community and being able to chat with people and just be able to branch out and get people who would never you know like you said you know the guy you're talking to the knife maker in Canada the 16 year old guy is now Jeff Fader who you know in my mind is this is Jeff Fader you know he's on knife talk he's 50,000 <laughs> listeners every week you know that's this someone up he, he's up in the upper echelon he's the like the juniors or the seniors of the high school where we're like you know freshmen and sophomore you know they're mentioning people's not people's uh, names and stuff because because just conversations you get to have on a podcast which you wouldn't get to have otherwise right and yeah. and rarely in life we get to sit down and talk to someone for an hour and a half especially someone you don't really know yeah. and it's a uh, how cool yeah. is that and it gets a and it sort of gives a the podcast and and we we spoke about this briefly earlier this week but it the podcast opens the door for a different kind of energy because it's like it's like one take and you don't really edit a whole lot out it's just you know you sit down and it's real raw and and what i really like about the audio only format is that uh, a lot of us makers who are actually doing the making need something in our ears while we're doing it and if you're not listening to music you're probably listening to a podcast which is why i think uh, craig lockwood's idea of the makery network is so genius it's like he took, uh, you know, I always get lost in the sea of podcasts, yes. right? Yeah. So I go on Spotify or whatever, right? And I'm like looking through and I'm just like, I don't even know what to listen to. I, I have a few of my favorites, like 99% Invisible, This American Life and so on. But, right. I, you know, they're, they're only producing enough for me to listen like once a week. And I need a lot of content, right. you know, and uh, yeah. or like say a road trip or something. And you know you know that when you pop onto the makery network's website or or you find anybody that's in the makery network it's all going to be stuff you're really going to enjoy you know yeah. i haven't heard a single thing i don't like yet you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah I, like i actually was introduced we could to, be the first <laughs> <laughs> i was just wait we were, i was more. introduced to knife talk through simple little life just watching him on his channel and him talking about really enjoying listening to the knife talk podcast so i was like let me try listening to that you know and now and now simple little life has got a podcast on the maker network such a cool such a cool cyclical you know thing there it's awesome and just like his youtube channel his podcast is fantastic. It's like the guy just knows how to make content. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's just him and a microphone too. I mean, it's yeah. it's fantastic. Stuff. Underneath his stairs and his little like I know, right? Closet yeah, that he made. I'm following so his funny. his private channel, like his. Uh, oh, yeah, I yeah. shouldn't say private. It's like his personal Jeremy's personal channel that he right. created right. to yeah. sort of break free from Simple Little Life. And yeah. uh, I tend to watch that more than Simple Little Life now. You know. Uh, yeah. I like it, his life. It yeah, again, me. yeah, that's the thing you're invested in him. Him as a person, it doesn't yep. matter what they, what he puts up. You know, it's like, oh, this is cool. It's more about his life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so uh, go well, ahead, I Trent. guess I would have a, a question for everybody. Like, I kind of feel self indulgent, but I guess that's indulge. I guess that's kind of the direction I'd like to go. Yeah. Like, um, I've done a lot of work that. You know, I chose it, but I didn't always love it. And there got to be a time where it was really a grind and I was just doing it for the money. Um, But I don't know. I just reached a point and I'm like, you know, if I don't start doing the things I want to do and start making the life I want, I'm going to end up with whatever I've been given. And I'm not cool with that because I only get one trip around. And, you know, that's the other thing is as far as content i think i've got some cool ideas but like i'm not really trying to be a personality and i don't think that 
I personally am that interesting. You know, I kind of want the focus to be on. I, I get to do some cool things. Like, like I live in a, a absolutely beautiful state. I mean, I can go from the mountains to the beach. Um, you know, it's a reservoir, but I can go from the mountains right. to the beach in an hour and a half. Where, where are you? I'm trying? in Wyoming, just outside uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Oh yeah. So go. we we used to live in a cabin out on the North Fork, which is the the after you go through the canyon and you go past Buffalo Bill Reservoir. Um, mm-hmm. Then you, our cabin was uh, off to the south, and then the next stop is Wapiti, and then your your, um, they call it the, the fifty one most beautiful miles outside of Yellowstone. Oh, nice. And uh, mm. so I've I've got all this, you know, I've got eight thousand miles of BLM and forest roads and stuff that I can go on and. Um, I've shown a little bit on my Instagram feed about like fossils and stuff that I find and uh, you know like I like my my Instagram handle and my YouTube channel is 307 Driftwood because <clears throat> there was a, a period of time where I was like I'd go down to the reservoir and I'd look for like the gnarliest root balls and things and I would pressure wash them and I'd stain them and I'd polyurethane them and you know I'd try to find somebody who'd want one um, mm, nice. and which is neither here nor there, but like, I, that, that's my thing is I, I just, you just, you should document, you know, yeah, I, I, yes. I, in my head, right. So, uh, I've got a channel that you need to watch his, his name is Brian and he is a, um, he, he lives in his van. He's it's like an adventure, adventure <laughs> van man. I don't know if you guys follow him, but. This guy is uh, all he does is he, he he lives on BLM land right and he drives all over the place and um, it's like the adventures of his life and I just feel like I'm riding along in this dude's van I mean like and it's and and he's you know Brian if you're listening I, it's no offense but you like you're not super interesting really but your life is <laughs> Dang. and 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 like and i feel like uh and he knows that like he always says that he's just like i don't know why anybody watches this stuff but you know he's got fifty thousand plus subscribers on youtube and it's because we all like him and and we love following his life and yeah. he's super yeah. interesting and and i think a lot of people miss that mark on the voyeurism component of Mm -hmm. YouTube because we are all sort of like in these bubbles. Like I spent an enormous amount of time in my business and in my studio and I love to see, like I would love to see what BLM land looks like outside of Wyoming and you walking around with your dogs and and, uh, again, which is why I love watching um, The Art of Craftsmanship because I learn something and I feel like I'm hanging out in their studio with them and in their basement and workshop. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I get glimpses of of your family life, you know, hanging out in the, in the fields with your kids. Right, and, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just, it takes me away from my everyday life, which is, by the way, the uh, origins of television. That's the whole point of it was, is that it was supposed to kind of give us an escape from our day-to-day life. And right. um, I believe YouTube's like the modern day soap opera. We're able to plug in, watch somebody's, you know, progress of their life, and and some people are going to resonate with you, and some people are not. But the people you find your core group, and I think you'll you'll do well. Great. And that that uh, yeah. kind of goes back to something else you'd said though about how the the 
the YouTube's finds a niche for you. Like, I don't really want to be niched in because I have, then don't you know, niche. like I've talked about a project with you that um, I, I, I want to film it coming up. Um, and, and it has nothing to do with the kind of, you know, the kind of stuff that, you know, I, we're complicated creatures. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody has, you know, their taste in music or some people are, you know, they care more about film than the music or, you know, uh, Dustin, you're the fine artist, correct? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you have, you have an interest in, in, in painting, you know, so everybody has like that thing about themselves, but I'd also be willing to bet that you guys like have places that you'd like to visit and like your favorite meals and stuff like that. And I, I just, I kind of don't, you know, it's, it's not that I don't want to take the time to document it, but if I get known as the guy who like goes adventuring all over and then I, I throw a, let's say a plasma table build in the in the mix, you know, I don't want somebody being like, oh, well, it's nice that you spent six weeks on that, but we're not going to view it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like, and I, I, you know, I might refer back to someone like, um, you know, like Ray Wrangler star, you know, he's, he's got all sorts of different stuff. He does, you know, he'll have, he'll have a whole series of woodworking videos. You're just in the shop with him and he's building something. But then the next, you know, three, four videos will be just him, you know, like, setting up a target range or driving around the land, cutting down trees or, you know, like mowing the lawn. Like it's, it's really like, you know, I think that you can, you can do something as long as you do it the way you want to do it. And it comes through honestly, then people will watch it because they're going to be invested in what you do, whether that's, you know, how you do it or what you're showing, you know, that's, that's just the avenue that you could come through. It's the, the non niche niche. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah. your strength without knowing what you do yet is some of that land around you. Some of the most right. beautiful land in the country, people all over the world want to see that. Yeah. I mean, that makes a great thumbnail. Right. Yeah, I follow yeah. a dude on Instagram, Sasquatch Barbecue. I don't know if you've seen this I, I've guy. I've seen one or two. Oh, my gosh. This guy just goes out into the woods. Uh, he must live in somewhere in the Rockies, I would assume. And he sets up a little barbecue next to a stream, and he gets out a cast iron pan. There's no talking. You don't see his face. Yeah. It's just his hands cooking over an open fire. <laughs> That's awesome. And dude has like 120,000 followers on Instagram, and it's the most simple concept ever, but it's just, it takes me away from hot Florida and coronavirus, (laughs) you know? I I just, I go, oh, I want to be there with this guy. I want to eat that steak he's cooking. (laughs) Right. So content is not, I think a lot of YouTubers or people that want to create content, they think about, well, what do I have to do to get big quick? I just need to get in front of an, no, that's the wrong way. Yeah, I, I, you you know i i'm totally okay with working for the audience and and my goal isn't even that's why i'm in it it's just uh you know as my wife would say you need to do something i think i'm (laughs) i think i'm i think i'm do something i think i'm starting to drive her you're doing something by the way huh I think you're, you're, you're already doing something, you are doing but you're, something. You're, yeah. you're getting there. It's just, yeah. And, know, and, and that's so. the thing is it's, it's an exploration for me and, and sitting here listening to you three guys talk about it. You, you have this, this varied, um, experience and like a depth of experience on something that I'm totally new to it's foreign. So I'm sitting here like a, like a student. I'm just 
I'm, I'm eavesdropping a little bit and asking a few questions and then kind of sitting back because I, I feel like I've learned more in the last hour than what I thought I knew about content creation. Mm-hmm. I was going to give you guys a tip. I don't know if you're doing this already or not, but uh, Trent, you'll like this too. Um, this will go along with your concept is I have noticed, and this could be totally coincidental, but I, I believe there's something to this is that I've been using YouTube stories. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are doing that. I haven't we, seen. We've tried a, a little bit. I think okay. we did too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's so, it. Yeah, go ahead. I, it's it's really tough to use the um, user interface for the app sucks you only get 15 seconds and then yeah. you have to like yeah post yeah, it and then you gotta go back it's like the original Instagram kind of until Instagram figured it out where you can just hold the button down and record for as long as you want mm-hmm. but the um, I notice a massive influx of new subscribers to my mm-hmm. channel when I do it on the regular like if I do five a day of just brief like documentation of, hey, this is what I'm working on. Point my camera at it, talk about it for a brief minute, and then drop out. Something is in there that is creating uh, viewership from people who wouldn't normally view my channel and um, gaining subscribers from it. So uh, that's something to consider. Also posting the pictures in the posts and the surveys all counts as interaction and um and it's a really simple way to get interaction and the people who are looking at my content on instagram are not the same people who are looking at my content Mm. on youtube Mm. so you you know you basically cross post because you have to you know yeah 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 no that's good advice i mean and that's one of the things i think that uh we could actually benefit from um by doing that more often because we're you know because we're doing longer videos a lot of times we try to i try to put out little you know pictures on instagram things like that as sneak peeks of what's coming up without giving it away completely because i don't want to like lose the viewers but you know because they're like oh i've already seen it it's done but i think i think really people just want to like be part of it and that's why i like instagram and you know and facebook and just posting those things along the way you know this is where we are this is what we're working on i think like you said you know it's it's another avenue and it might be a good way for us to uh to kind of hit those those people along the way that when they're waiting like oh it's been two weeks why hasn't there another you know art of craftsmanship video come out well if we just kind of throw in some yes. like stories occasionally that say what we're working on then people you will got like, oh they're they're on there you know yes I appreciate that. Thank you. it That's reminds good. them that they're there and then yeah. youtube is pushing it to like i'm seeing content from creators that have 100 subscribers 200 subscribers and it's really good content so i'm going right. off and i'm subscribing hmm. to them so I can only imagine with the subscribership you have, um, you're going to get uh, a little bit more of a snowball effect, and it might benefit you greatly. It's super easy to produce too. I mean, it's right. literally no, there's. I take no time. I changed yeah. my my perception or my sort of my idea on not showing my audience what I'm working on. I actually went the other route. I just start showing them everything, and right. then what I find is it's sort of a primer for them to watch the actual video they get involved and then um you know they're and like i'll ask a question like hey should i restore this vice should i you know whatever yeah people love that they get involved they plug in and then when i release the video they're even more invested yeah so it's it, it, i think it i think i was i was thinking about it the same way i don't i won't show the finished product product of course but i would show the the uh, the progress you know right yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the things that I think that, that the reason why I hesitate to do that is only because I feel like it's a hard... Um, it's it's a hard avenue to find like i just you know when i'm when i'm on youtube which is predominantly on my phone on the app you know i see maybe three or four people's stories they're just there like i see yours a lot because you do a lot brian and i like it you know i'll click on it you know it's an easy way to like if i don't have you know half an hour i can kind of flip through and see whose stories are there but and the same thing with instagram stories they're they're they don't come up in the feed the same way they're not coming vertically up your feed they're coming like they're across so you see those few that are on there and the rest of them are gone so some people i hear they're like oh yeah i've been posting stuff to my stories all along and i've never seen them so that's that's one of their other things i'm like uh, not 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 like maybe it's it doesn't not make it. me hesitant yeah it's it's just like but it's I, so small but again, i mean you know, it, everything is something. it can't hurt and in, in the uh right in the grand scheme of time we spend on certain things right right and it's uh, a small percentage yeah it dustin's in the shop all the time like yeah. we yeah, when we're shooting and i'll come back two days later i'm like all right and he'll show me uh, an axe he finished and hung mm-hmm. and 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 two more that he bought <laughs> what do you, right. that's what he does he goes down the shop yeah. i think when i go away he's he doesn't do anything but he's constantly <laughs> doing things <laughs> so you so you gotta i guess we'll, we'll share that more right. yeah, yeah do it I, I it's worth a shot i i really think it could benefit you guys so and that leads me into the next thing i want to talk about is um what what are you guys working on now? Like, what's the next project? If you're willing to share, yeah, sure. We're actually um, we're working on currently the the new knife that I'm working on, um, and I talked about it a little bit in my live stream um, when I did kind of the knives kind of a you know run through of my my you know time frame as a knife maker. At the end, I talked about these this new uh, Puko style knife that I'm working on, uh, full tang knife, um, but it's you know a Puko style straight hander, fairly simple but a little smaller than what I would normally use um and so it's got a three and a half inch blade and a four and a quarter four and a quarter inch handle and uh we're working on what that is a puko used for what is are, its primary uh, function go ahead it's kind of a like a finish hunting knife right yeah so puko i mean the word puko just means knife in in i guess yeah finish or yeah, it's finish um yeah and so but it's but it's kind of usually a smaller i mean they have different they have liku which is a longer knife but a puko is just kind of a smaller blade um usually fairly it has you know a fairly pointy blade um and uh, a simple handle yeah are you gonna do a birch bark handle like traditional style or are you gonna come up with your own no so yeah so i'm actually i'm kind of taking a different avenue there so i'm gonna do a full tang puko so normally a puko would have a a like a hidden tang or a rat tail tang where basically the knife would taper down to a thin handle which then you would you'd have a block of wood that you would hollow out and you'd put that through and you'd shape the handle around it a full tang handle is, you know, you have two pieces of wood that are called scales, and they'll go, they those go on either side of the blade. So basically, the whole shape of the handle has the blade running through it. So I'm doing a uh, a full tang puko. So it's kind of di- diverting a little bit from tradition there, but it, this the shape of it and the size and kind of the general like, it's not going to have um, the handle from the the, I guess the. Um, the top and bottom of the handle are going to run straight into the blade. Uh, and you know, so it's, there are a few things about it that I guess are more design elements that make me think of it as a Puko style type, uh, blade. And it's just a, you know, just a camping knife, a bushcraft knife, something that I can wear. And it's a little bit, a little bit smaller than what I normally wear. Um, and just something that I could, you know, wear as more of an EDC. So an everyday carry knife, you know, it's, it'll be a a relatively small sheath. And, um, 
And the hope is that I will make this knife. I'm going to live with it for the summer and use it a bunch. And then ideally uh, I will make a small batch run of it and, and, you know, make offer that up to, uh, you know, Instagram followers and YouTube uh, subscribers. When you, say, when you say like a small batch run, do you mean like you're going to make five or, and then yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, as of right now, I think depending on how much I like it and you know, I've, I've lived it. I, and if you guys saw, I put some posts of a wooden prototype that I made and just like, I've been playing with that just oh, yeah, almost like a kid that. again with a little wooden knife, you know, just like <laughs> running sure. around the house and, and it just feels great. I like this, the feeling of it and I'm trying to do some things to it. That'll make it a little bit easier to make more of like, I'm going to do uh, two um, Corby bolts in it rather than three, uh, across the you know the whole handle to be a little shorter it's going to be done with um you know like the grind and everything is going to be uh, a little bit quicker i'm planning on doing octagonal handle so it'll make it a little bit more just kind of you know set up the grinder at the angle i want run it and i can do all of them the same way uh, but those are the things i need to live with a little bit over the summer to see if i like them to see how it feels and how comfortable it is and then if it's feasible but yeah so i'm thinking small batch like five or six knives you know make those um, offer them up for sale and see how it goes. And then if people really like it and that, you know, maybe make some more again, you know, knife making, um, it's, it's, I think something where you have to devote a lot of time to it and you really have to budget your time to make it worth, uh, the time and effort that it is if you're going to be selling them. And, you know, as, as a full-time teacher and father and husband, you know, I don't have that extra time and, you know, YouTube content creator, uh, <laughs> a lot of the extra time, but I do think, you know, I, th- I think that the, uh, the community is there and the people want it. And, uh, you know, people ask me enough if any of my stuff is for sale and sometimes, you know, it is. And sometimes I'll just, ask them to send me an email, you know, and I'll kind of put in the back of my mind that I know these people are interested in the future. And so those are kind of some of the people who I know have reached out to me a couple times and I'll kind of make it available for them first if they're interested. I have a prediction that you'll sell out immediately. Uh, I'm already going, hmm, I think I need one of those. Yeah, I, I actually, believe it or not, I sell my stuff too. I don't even have to advertise. People reach out to me and my hog splitters sell. So I just keep making That's those. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's I like, lo- love that video. That was great. Yeah, Jay Nielsen actually commented on that video, and uh, it was like, "Oh, that's like the big like." To be fair, I tagged him in it, so like I sent it to him. You know, like you know, it wasn't something he found, but uh, he, um, yeah, he he said it was outstanding. So there you go, man. Like that that vindication, like you said, you got to put yourself out there. Either ask someone or put yourself out there, because like Trent was saying, they're they're nobody's movie stars anymore yeah it's just people that's yeah, uploading, right? uploading on their pc or mac yeah and yep. so everyone's accessible yeah i did yep. that uh i got a bill banky file guide recently and i actually um tagged bill banky in it and uh and he reached he he reached back out and actually jamie from mountain prevail who you had on i guess your, your second podcast um he reached out and it was like, ah, oh, can I get one of these? And Bill commented to him, was like, just send me an email. And then, you know, a week and a half later, there's cool pictures on Instagram of Jamie, you know, with his Bill Banky file guide. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What yeah, a great community. Cool you know? I, I love that old fashioned uh, way of uh, buying and selling. Yeah. Right. Hey, send me an email. We'll talk about it and I'll, I'll get one to you. Yep. Yep. 
That's, yep. that's great. It's happening more and more now because you're seeing like these guys. Um, one of my favorite uh, wood turners, and he sort of takes like axe heads and converts them over to cool stuff. Is uh, Raven Raven Customs? I don't know if you've ever followed yeah. him. Yeah, Raven Customs. He's he does guy. like these thumpers, and you yeah. know, he turns a lot of wood and he you know stains them green, soaks them and stuff. And um, his stuff is sold in the first like five seconds of it being posted on Instagram. It's, I mean, it's 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 the nature of how things are if you want to work like that if you want to create yes. something now by getting a doing a social media following like that is like is the time yeah. it's the time you there's no excuse like yeah. if you want to sell something it's you know and you do decent work it, there's going to be somebody out there for it yeah i have a, a, a great quick quick story so uh years ago probably i'd say seven, eight years ago, I was, uh, you know, really, really heavily into watching a lot of knife making YouTube videos. That's all I watched. This is before we ever started YouTube and I was getting into knife making and, you know, you could ask my, my, my wife at the time, if I was on my phone and not looking at her, I was probably watching a knife making video on YouTube. <laughs> and one of the videos that popped up was a, um, a video of a dude opening up, um, just doing unboxing of a knife and it turned out that it was Jonathan Deering, who I love Jonathan Deering's knives, um, and it was Cody from Wrangler Star. And this was like even years before I started watching Wrangler Star, and you know I was like, he opened up, and he just did an unboxing, so it's just his hands, you know, un opening up this knife, and he's just like pulling it out of the leather sheath really, really slowly, and just looking at everything and talking about it. And that was like one of my favorite videos. And then years later, when I, you know, was introduced to Wrangler Star somehow I saw that video pop up and I was like, Oh man, you know, and by <laughs> that, that point I loved Jonathan Deering and I loved, you know, Wrangler star. That's the unboxing like, guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And oh, then, you know, and all and Jonathan sells everything on Instagram and he posts, he posts them up and he's like, you know, first person that says I'll take it has it. And you know, within those first few comments on Instagram, somebody's already bought it. I get so jealous when those videos do amazing. Yeah. All you gotta do is put a camera above a box and open it. <laughs> and then edit the it and put a tag on the front on and back. Oh, yeah. man, we there, there's that Disney, uh, that the woman who takes uh, Disney merchant or uh, merchandise and and unboxes it. Yeah, and I think she made like cleared like twelve million last year. It's it's man, crazy. And but you know we've all watched unboxing well, videos, so I guess yeah. there's something. To I it. tell you what, you guys are going to get your fair share of unboxing videos because I've got three years worth of stuff that's. I purchased and it's sitting in boxes because I have to get this garage finished so that I can get it laid out. <laughs> nice. So, so you have like three years of like tools yes. and different things. It's, oh, it's just it's, it's, still it's disgusting. That's why my wife is like, you need to do something. <laughs> now that sounds like a great uh, avenue into YouTube. Yes, you I, like all right, uh, I'm unboxing my shop. You YouTube can do videos, yeah, you can things. two of those a week, and, yeah, and yeah. along with anything else. Oh man, that'd be you awesome. You would crush it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I find gosh. myself after the end of each day. I go home because like my TV is a smart TV, so I like turn it on, and I've I've sent like uh, screen grabs and stuff to Dustin and everything. Yeah. Like when I'm like, oh hey, I'm watching this right now, and and uh, <laughs> and and it's it's it feels so surreal because you know it's like I'm basically watching TV. But I I my first go to is YouTube. You know I, I click yeah. on YouTube, I open it up, the rec you know the the recommended videos that pop up. I can get lost and I, I pop a bottle of wine. I sit there, I watch, I, you know, I enjoy myself. Yeah. It brings so much value to my life. And, and, and so when I'm creating the same, that kind of content, I think about that 
you know my audience uh, watching and enjoying as well and it, it it makes me feel like i'm doing something with my life it gives me purpose it gives me it us up an avenue for my passion mm-hmm. and i i just cannot believe i'm living a time when i as i can do this you know yeah. and it, i feel so blessed to be a part of it yeah. well i mean in yeah, a lot of ways it, it sounds kind of weird to say this but really the only the only similar a profession or whatever that you would have had back in the day would have been like, you know, a, a minstrel or some kind of traveling performer. Right. Yeah. Or a court jester. Yeah. Perhaps. Like, <laughs> like we all get to be the king. We all get risk. to be somebody's fool. Yeah. There's a lot of risk <laughs> right. in that. I'd yeah. get my head chopped off for sure. You could so. just set your wares up right in their living room and uh, entertain them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, where else would you have that opportunity? You know, right. to to get in front of, uh, like, for in my channel, twenty thousand people once a week. I mean, you know, yeah. it's insane. And yeah. you guys are climbing up. You're going to be at a hundred thousand in no time. It's unreal to think about. Like, there's TV shows. When you look back in the Nielsen's ratings, like popular television shows that don't have that kind of audience. Right. right. And and now it all seems so foolish. All the money that's spent on production. Uh, Brian, you obviously know being in LA, the it's everything is so expensive, yep. and maybe it made sense then, but it does not make any sense now. Yeah, if I you're going to have my videos with my phone now, <laughs> right? right yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's so good. Uh, it, it's definitely a future for sure. Content makers and YouTube's just rolling in the dough because they they figure out how to make a network without having to make any shows. Yeah, yep. that's exactly right. And they and they give us generously give us what sixty percent of the. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're all we're happy with it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, let me ask you this: Do you think that YouTube is too saturated? And and like, if let's just say, like Trent, he's coming in right at the uh, at the ground level. You know, I hear this a lot. People go, "Oh, there's just no room for me. I missed the window." No, no, no. I mean. I think it was just as saturated when we started. Well, I, I, uh, yeah. Brian, you, Br- Brian, you started a long time ago, and but we, I mean, it was just twenty seventeen. That's like asking, are there too different. many knife makers? Right, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Or yeah. you know, maybe there are actually. <laughs> are there too <laughs> many people I who are interested are in now, blacksmithing? Because yeah. now I can't buy an anvil anywhere for less than you know, like thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, right, right exactly. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I agree. I think that you know, like we said before, you know, as Devin's kind of uh, metaphor early on, it was like the pie is huge. There's there's a piece of the pie everywhere, and there's audience. You know, you, you know that's I think um, one of the things you. Know, you spend a little time on your on your tags you know figure out what people want to see and uh and they're all there and 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 it really who knows who gets the big hits like i was just looking at a uh a railroad track anvil you know i'm like thinking about i have this big piece of railroad track and making you know shaping it into an anvil and uh so i'm looking up you know the first one i find has got like a million views and it's from a year ago and the guy that did it you know he's got like fifteen thousand subscribers you know, and then I look at another one. There's one from Simple Little Life from two years ago, and he's his has 350,000 views. So, like, who knows? You know, who knows who's going to get big? Um, I just think it's the people. It's there. You know, the the uh, the community is there. The people want to watch stuff. You know, I think people are enjoying being part of people's lives, and um, it, there are so many. You know, we we have this opportunity now to be able to talk to someone everywhere in the world i mean i'm shocked when i look at our analytics and it tells us that 
you know, where are people watching our videos from? And 2.5% of everyone who watches our channel, so 2.5% out of almost 80,000 subscribers are, you know, are what they call other countries. So it goes through this list of like 30 countries and then there are there are other countries. Another 2% of our subscribers are from other countries from these top 30. You're huge like, they're, in they're, Tasmania. Exactly. There are people watching everywhere. I mean, the pie is huge. People want to see something, you know, they want to they want to see it and that's what YouTube is right now. People want to see um Trent opened 50 boxes in Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch that. I would legit watch that. And then I'd be like, wait, what is that Box again? Because he's, he's got some cool stuff that I've yeah, never seen before. Exactly. He should have saved so, more okay, boxes. We, yeah, we need more unboxing videos, Trent. This is We're giving you tons of good idea here. Um, ideas here. Uh, so, all right. So, we're at the hour 30 mark. And uh, right around this time, you know, we're kind of shuffling things down. I got, I've got a quick question for both of you. Uh, if you could meet one person in history at any given time, who would it be and why? Dustin? Oh, okay. So um, you did prompt us a little bit for this. So I have thought about it a little bit and uh, I have I have two people, one person that I'll, I'll start with. So um, as an artist, um, I've, I've been predominantly well you can't pick two people <laughs> well <laughs> I, 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 can pick, I mean i'll do my top five if you want <laughs> <laughs> i have I one uh and then i just i'll throw the other one out oh, there yeah, real quickly good. just because it's one that i also would love all right so as an artist you know I'm, I, i've always been i've always had these idols of artists throughout my life um that's was kind of the main you know the main goal of my life since i was a little kid was to be an artist you know i was like i'm gonna be a famous artist you know so um and someone that I have always loved and who I think I could relate to more is, uh, Andrew Wyeth. Mm. Um, so Andrew Wyeth is, you know, was a, a 20th century, um, paint, uh, painter and, you know, draftsman and, you know, watercolor and, and, uh, wash and dry brush. And just his father was an artist. His son was an artist. And I think ah. that, his perspective on art like he was just this like purist you know he's like his world was his art i mean so much so that he had a body of work that he worked on for like 20 years that no one even knew about you know it was like what he kept on the side just to be pure and he was you know he's painting through the time he's a a realist painter and painting in in areas like uh pennsylvania and vermont and just as this like this purest mindset, you know, someone who I could really talk to and just like, just really delve into what, you know, that, what that you know, almost a responsibility to artwork and like responding to what's in front of you purely as an unselfish thing for yourself. What do you do? How do you make something? How do you create something? And, and how does it, it, you cannot help it but to want to do this thing. Yeah. I just recently saw, uh, I was talking to Dustin and, you know, I didn't know that was his choice. And, but I was like, yeah, I saw this all, all another YouTube, Andrew Wyeth, Michael Palin from, um, mighty Python went and did a tour. And I don't know if you guys know him. He does the one famous painting that I knew really. The only one was the girl laying in the field, uh, a brunette girl in, in like a wheat field looking up like towards the farmhouse houses or something. Christina's right. world, Christina's yeah. world, right? Yeah. A beautiful painting. And I'd seen it a, a lot, and then I watched this YouTube video, and I find out uh, what, what was wrong with her. She she has polio, yeah. or, or something. Similar. So what I thought was this beautiful young girl laying in this field was a, a crippled older woman that you right. can't see crawling through the field, crawling yeah. home. 
and that change in perspective blew my mind yeah i think that that like him you know andrew wyeth seeing something in life that was worth capturing and uh and it was worth every minute of his life you know again so much so that you know he had a whole body of work that it was just him painting these paintings of a woman named helga that they were they weren't shown until years and years and years after he had painted them um so yeah andrew wyeth i just think it would be fascinating you know just hanging out with him chatting about art and life and and how he saw things around him and just couldn't help but capture that stuff and and the one one more cool thing he uh since he is relatively modern yeah he um you can see interviews with him on youtube yeah. which seems ridiculous some famous <laughs> yeah, painter right. oh they're, they're actually it's just an old guy walking through on a road in pennsylvania yeah like, oh, okay yeah. and uh okay. yeah i think i think that um you know he um yeah, he he painted through the whole modern art era with abstract expressionism and pop art and all that and you know got a lot of criticism for you know being a realist painter through all of that and he just stuck with it and i just think that's something that's super inspirational to me and my second person is jimmy Duresta because you know he's the godfather uh-huh. of make and why can't but that no, was just like i was thinking that today i was like i gotta throw jimmy Duresta in there yeah you can't actually not yeah. have a good time with jimmy I right was, exactly yeah. and i'm planning on uh, going up to the uh, maker camp this October. So anybody else is going to be there, you know, it should be a good time. Is that in New York? Yeah. Up in, uh, yep. In New York where he lives, it'll be up. uh, I think it's called the Blackthorn resort, but that's the maker camp. Yeah. We're both going to go if, if we can, you know, if, if, uh, it works out. Yeah. He's going to do a uh, go-kart race too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like this weekend, 4th of July weekend. He just, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about that. He's like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Maybe I'll get whoever shows up, shows up and yeah, yeah. I know there'll be like a hundred thousand people there. I love that. He just like bought a go-kart track. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) fantastic. It's true. Jimmy Duresta style. I dig it. Yeah. So Devin, tell me who, who would you want to meet and why? Uh, well, I was listening to, uh, I, I think, the Strongman podcast, and you were talking about film. And as someone in um, who studied, right, or just, just a fan, I figured I'd pick a film guy. Um, well, if Dustin got two, you know, Paul McCartney for music. But then after that, <laughs> it's it's uh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, oh, for kidding. For uh, a director. Uh, such a mysterious person. He's right. a clockwork orange. And 2001. Yeah. Uh, full Metal Jacket, Barry oh, Lyndon, yes. Eyes Wide Shut, The Shining, Jack Nicholson. Sure. And he did, to me, he's the master. And he, uh, every category of movie, he's done one of the best of that. Right? Mm-hmm. 2001 is one of the greatest science fiction films ever made, in my opinion. The Shining is one of the greatest horror films. Uh, Clockwork Orange is one of the the best nineteen like, seventies gritty yeah, like cinema when they were doing that. Yes, yeah, simple. After he did two thousand one, he did Clockwork, and he's like, "Yeah, I can do this huge budget, but I can do this low down, dirty. We'll shoot it in London with real places, based off of a novel." And uh, I mean, every, he, I don't think he ever took one wrong step. Not many directors can say that. Yeah, Kubrick is one of those, uh, he's a craftsman uh, of film, in my opinion. When I watch his pieces, they all kind of flow of the mm. same. You know, they have a very sim- similar energy, and, and uh, he does a fantastic job in building that sort of anxiety while uh, you're watching yeah. the piece. Oh. It's it's kind of like lost on 
film today. I don't see a lot of thrillers anymore that are a lot like that. So I can totally appreciate Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, you know, just if I could sit down with him, pick his brain because there's not much he didn't. He's still he alive, yeah, isn't he? No, now he's dead. He, he oh, he passed. Okay. He died in the uh, in the 90s, right after Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, um, okay. So no, you, you can't. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, no, he, he's the man, and uh, yeah, I'd love to go back and uh, chat with him. Somebody else I thought about who I'd like to meet would be Scorsese because, uh, you know, yeah. I'm a big fan of the, like the gangster films and stuff yeah, that he's produced yeah. and like The Departed and and I mean it's just right. Uh, yeah, I love Scorsese it. too, but he's made um, he's made some not great ones. I mean, they're You're all right. good. It's just <laughs> the like Irishman was a big miss. Oh yeah, my, yeah, yeah, all that yeah. CG. It was unnecessary. It was it, really terrible. And it's not. It I can't look at a old man's body with a young person's face running around robbing liquor stores like it's, yeah. it looks ridiculous <laughs> it, it took me out of it yeah he really should have used like in the godfather they used the younger actors for to replace the you know right the, yeah. it just made sense it worked for me like I, I got that i understood that but then the irishman the story is fantastic yeah it was just the casting was right wrong. right he did yeah, hey, Marty, there's other Italians and Irish people out there. Yeah. You don't have to use the same guys. We've seen Casino and Godfather. We've seen them. <laughs> and it made me kind of sad for De Niro. And it yeah. made me kind of sad yeah. for Pacino. It was know, a little like depressing. Was, it was It was a lot of depressing because I'm like, God, he's looking so old, man. Like, you know. And, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, it was rough. But, um, but I mean, I praise the man for all the other work he's oh, done. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's just his catalog is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't discount him for... For one bad film, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Or you know, so, a couple. Yeah. Hey, so uh, we're I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of uh, put us into our third and final chapter of this of this podcast, and um, I, I actually uh, I just wanted to let you know how much I, I appreciate your work, and uh, I think when I named this podcast "Work for It" and I started to use that as my mantra. Um, I didn't real really realize what I was doing at the at the time, and and um, but what it's kind of done is it's brought uh, people together because men typically um, come we we find commonality in our value, which is typically our work, right? Yeah, right. And true. and so what it's done is is it's opened the doors for a lot of people to approach me and discuss their work and you know i know that the art of craftsmanship is sort of your side gigs and what you're doing there is um hopefully at some point will be your full-time work because i i think the world needs that the world needs a uh art of craftsmanship you know uh once a week uh opus you know i i I think it would be an amazing thing to have that so Go ahead. <laughs> so we would take it. You'll yeah, take it. So yeah, let's do exactly. it. We're ready, folks. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. Uh, so is that, I'm, I guess that's the question I'm leading up to. Is that your goal for your channel and ultimately your careers? Are you are you looking at the long game with this? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for me, um, I'm, like I said, I'm a teacher, but uh, I, I work, I teach architecture uh, at Baltimore Design School in Baltimore City. Um, you know, so my, my work is is teaching people. Um, you know, whether that's young people or anyone who's willing to watch. Um, and I think, you know, ideally I'd love to be able to, um, you know, 
I'd, I'd love to be able to do this full time. Uh, I don't think I don't think that would like completely satisfy me. I'd, I'd love to be able to open up workshops and things and work with real people, because as much as I love Devin, you know, it's like <laughs> I'd love hanging out with other people too. <laughs> um, so I think you know, but I, I I don't see a downside of taking YouTube full time and then letting that open up other avenues of other teaching and other gatherings and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, if we want to support you in that, how do we do that? Well, just watch. Everyone's listening. Watch the Art of Craftsmanship. Um, listen now to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast, which, again, we have to give love to Brian for helping us hook it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not only getting it going and getting the connections, but uh, actually getting the gear to work. We, yeah. <laughs> we called him the last couple of days to try to get our podcast gear to work, and he luckily has some of the same gear, and uh, it, it worked out. Yeah, but, that's uh, great. I made most of my money in tech support, by the way. So you called the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always like, yeah, and then click on this and go over here and click this, and like you know, someone like who's done yeah, that before, right? You know, yeah. someone in tech support does that. You know, I do that at, at my school. Did I'm you try like, restarting the, the, the it? Go to guy. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god! Exactly. I asked that yep. question. Yep. They started, and laughing. we just laughed. <laughs> I almost pulled the. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, the TV show, the IT Crowd, but the the mm. British uh, show. Yeah, the British one. Yeah. Have you tried turning it on and off again? And he just basically puts that on a recorder, so he just lays the phone down in front of a, a yeah, right. you know, and answers That's, for him. And and uh, in the camera world, it's uh, is your lens cap off? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's not on. I don't see anything. It's is your lens cap off? And you hear a pause, and then yeah, we're good. Yeah, right, <laughs> That's thanks. It. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's working now. Yeah, the yeah. simplest thing ever. And and also, uh, we can go to Patreon. We can yeah, find I you am. on Instagram, right, at the yep. Art of Craftsmanship. Yep. And uh, you can reach out to Devin and Dustin, and, and uh, they're really amazing human beings. Uh, just, uh, you know, from my experience of, of quote-unquote knowing them, I feel like that I'm very close to them. They're like brothers to me, and I feel like it's kind of a cool thing that we have uh, this yeah. this thing going on. So it's really yeah. fun to be. A yeah, part we of. were uh, we were working on the just recently we were working on the fire pit build, and I'm standing there and I'm getting ready. To, you know, we're in between takes, and I was texting you, and Devin goes, oh, "Come on, man, get off the phone with your boyfriend." <laughs> 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 I'm like, we're just talking back and forth about stuff. I'm like, we're I'm asking we're you trying a to ramp it up. Oh, no, All like, we need to know the shots when we done. <laughs> That's it, man. But, That's but yeah, yeah, yeah. I would really, you know, we'd love it. You know, if people could, yeah, just follow us on Instagram, subscribe, watch, yeah, check us out on Patreon, um, you know, and, and just, yeah, all the support, any of the support is, is hugely, uh, you know, we, we appreciate all of it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, at, uh, the art of craftsmanship at Gmail. Yep. To emails and any questions we will respond to you. We'll, we'll talk to you because why not? Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, guys, I think I'm going to end the show right here. It's been an hour 45 and it feels like it's been five minutes. I mean, yeah, we man. could go it on is, and on it's been and talk and, and I hope your podcast takes off. I'll help you um, in, in regards to promoting it and, and uh, pushing that out to the world. And, and uh, I know Craig and the guys over at knife talk will do the same. And it, I mean, I, I couldn't have thought of a better group to promote, I mean, I love your work already. So it's like, you know, um, when Craig said, you know, do you know anybody? I was like, man, Dustin and Devin would crush it. I mean, they would crush it because, you know, what you do right now is um, the the quality of the work on YouTube is really good. So to, 
to take that and transfer it over to a podcast, it wouldn't be whole, a whole lot of work for you. And I think you'll really enjoy the process of doing it. I think Thanks, you'll man. see the difference in, in how it brings a different kind of audience to you. And I can't wait to listen, by the way. So I'll listen right. to it. Yeah, thank you. We're, we're excited to get started. That's yeah. why I actually listen to. Or I actually have your live streams up on my iMac in my studio. Like right. I'll just turn them on and I'll listen to you, you guys talk or D- Dustin do his thing and and all of that. And um, and it's it's a really nice thing to have. So, but right uh, but anyway, guys, thanks so much for hanging out. I truly appreciate you guys and appreciate your work, Trent. Yes, how you doing, man? You're yeah. Right no, I, I I've been listening, absorbing what you guys are talking about because. Uh, you know, I guess the realization of uh, what I'm about to embark on is kind of hitting me. I've I've got a I got a ton to learn, and just soaking and, it up, and I've got yeah, I've got time to explore. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, on it, any of it. It's fun whether you get your you know even when we get you get a hundred viewers, it's awesome, or you get a thousand viewers, or you get a hundred thousand, you kind of get the same rush. So it's just a lot of fun uh, ahead of you. Yeah, I totally agree. I love it. I love it too. Well, listen, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. This is Brian House. This is the Work For It podcast. This is episode number six. You can support my work on Patreon. Buy me a coffee. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Brian House or work, uh, house underscore underscore work. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube um, and on Facebook at Housemade. Um, and, you know, the best way to support me is go to my website, housemade.us. And uh, you can purchase a sticker pack. You can purchase Grinder if you want. And you can do all those things, and that, that supports my work and all the things that I've got going on. So I truly appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. My name is Brian House, and this has been Work For It. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.